As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Do you ever think about quitting? It's the combat of life, hammering the snot out of you. Well, stand by, dig in deep, and get ready to get fired up with us. Welcome to the Team Never Quit Podcast, the number one podcast that inspires you to fight on. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, here with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell. Our mission is to help you embrace the suck of life, to teach you the values of working your ass off, and to interview the most hard-charging people on planet Earth. We know life is hard. It's time for you to suck it up, buttercup, and let us teach you to persevere in every environment imaginable by sharing real-world lessons learned by those who never quit. That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the well, negative insurgency up, in their man. lives. You fire me up. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. Welcome to the Team Never Quit podcast. I'm your host, Navy SEAL motivational speaker, author, and and performance coach and I am here let me tell you who I'm here with and and I, this is like my favorite part of the whole show I'm here with my brother my teammate my man who gets me fired up every single day that I know I get to come to work and get on air with him to inspire millions of people around the world with the never quit mindset Mr. Never Quit himself Marcus Latrell Marcus what's going on brother Hey right you know, I was kind of in deals where I'm over here playing like, all right, come out dry and just like, hey. But I mean, just, I know you can see me behind. I'm trying to hide behind the screen because that smile. I mean, it's never failed. This has happened ever since we were boys, right? We were young. Totally. And the team, like, I, I, damn it, dude, man. I, I can, uh, can't stop smiling. They're crazy. I, awesome, man. I'm good. It's good to be. Well, then, you know yeah. what? I'm accomplishing my mission because my mission in life, right, is to make you smile, to make you happy so you can get on here with me and we can make the world a better place because that's what the TMQ podcast is about. It's about bringing positive spirit to the darkest days of our lives. And for the record, he he's always been like this. I mean, in one of the situations where we were getting hammered, and he'd be like, oh, this is great. I'm, I'm in so much pain. That's, that is, it's real. And, and that's what I love about it, man, right? When you, you get Nick on there and you were saying, that, you know, hey, man, 
you know, this is at first Nick, you know, Nick P was Nick Palmasano was saying, oh, when I first met him, I thought it was BS, right? right. For, yeah, and yeah. then the fourth and the fifth time. Yeah, and, not, yeah. and I'll tell you what, man, it, you know, my mission in life is to is to make every day count. And, yeah. and and you know that too, man, better than anybody. And and that's our mission on this show, on the on the TNQ podcast. Our mission is to inspire millions of people across America and around the world to really accept the never quit mindset, to want to take it on board, to dig deep and to be in the swamps and be in the pain with us, right? Yeah. And and so you can embrace that and learn from it and grow from it and really. Find your purpose in life like Marcus and I have. I mean, because we've lived some some pretty good lives so far. We have. We've been blessed. I mean even starting out the way we did, it's all it was all part of the process to get to right here. And if I'm feel if I'm as happy as I am right now, then it was all worth it, right? Amen. I mean, I I, I tell you what, I, I look at my beautiful wife, the Admiral, I smile. I look at my two beautiful girls, the bear and the bruiser, I smile. I come up here with you, I smile. That and it, that means all the pain was worth it. Right. I mean, everything we went through, everything that we experienced, we got to this point. And, and it was about that struggle. It was about that moment. And that's what unites us. That's what you always say. It is. I mean, especially when we're starting out like that early in your life when you're young. I mean, you you can handle that stuff. I mean, we were we purposely <laughs> wanted to be in it. I mean, a lot of people have great lives and they purposely go in and get into the hard stuff. So when we're sitting here at the in our you know rolling out the later years, it's it was well worth it. Well, and that's the crazy thing about this show, right there. What you just said—that's the crazy thing about the show. And and the way our show works, folks, the way we deliver the never quit mindset to you is in three basic sections. The first section we talk about a wonderful person or event in history that really truly had the never quit mindset. And and the way the why we deliver that to you or spark your interest in so you can go research them. You can dig into it and hopefully their story will inspire you like it's inspired us. The second part of it is we have on these great interviews from people, all different types of walk there. We don't believe that there is any kind of discouragement or separation or judgment on anybody because in our world, we we know everybody's got a never quit story, right? Yeah, I mean, people are quick to judge and like, oh, I don't like that person or this, this, that, and the other. And I, I, I we understand that, right? You walk in their shoes yeah, for but, a day, right? Yeah, but they've been in a situation that probably you have, <laughs> even if you're from a different walk of life. And I mean, to go through it and to and to come out on the other side, what's behind that? What drove that? Can it doesn't matter if you personally don't like them. That can. That can help you out because like we always say, man, that pain, that misery in those, in those holes, it doesn't know faces. Nothing. 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 All it knows is trying to get that. And I call that, and you guys have heard me say it before, I call it the negative insurgency. Right. And that negative insurgency is led by old Mr. Murphy himself. And, he, you know, they're trying to get in our souls and break us down. They're trying to get us to ring that bell, aren't they, Marcus? Yeah. But we're not going to because we're not born that way. We're not bred that way. And we certainly didn't learn those lessons. Now, granted, are we perfect? Hell no. There's no way Marcus and I would get on this, this, these microphones to share with you and say, oh, we're the greatest and all blah, blah, blah. Now, we're here to share with you our, the misery we've experienced. We're here to share with you and inspire you to say, hey, you're going to be miserable too, but embrace that suck. Yeah, we all get in those situations. Right? And, and that's what makes us awesome. That's human nature. That's human life world. 
across the board. Period, yeah. And so when Marcus talks about and moving into your old age and moving into that place where you think you're done and you need to hang it up or whatever, we've got somebody coming on down right on the show today that's going to make you go and halt, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, this woman, I mean, I, I remember when I first thought about her and, and brought it up to Marcus, what do you think? He was like, man, that's awesome. I, I was ready to, to pick her brain. I mean, he and and listen, you know, when you think about, it, I mean, this woman's story, her ability to endeavor to persevere, to to go on these expeditions, which she did over and over and over again, to never quit in the face of insane adversity, at the age in which she did it. Oh, that's just the point. It, that, that doesn't matter to her, and the, and. The route she went to challenge herself, when you throw yourself in, in, in the water, that, that's a different world. Completely. You and I know a little bit about that, though. I mean, it's the most unforgiving <laughs> atmosphere you can be in. And you're not the top of the food chain. The kind of guys who go up in the air and test uh, pilot uh, shoots and, and planes, stuff like that. That I mean, dude, I've, that Red Bull dude who jumped from outer space. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's some of them, you're like, man, I, I, I understand your drive. I really do. I, I might know a way you can implement that without having to go. You know what I'm talking about? Because that's where you ultimately. <laughs> but when you have somebody like this who's actually been on that that side of it and, and pushed through it, and what was great about it is because when she was when she explains how she got through it, I mean, you could apply that to anything. You're you're going to see this woman is going to blow you away, and and the person we're talking about is Diana Nyad, the incredible woman who on her fifth attempt finally swam from Cuba. To Key West. That's Cuba to Florida, right? I mean, that's an insane trip that that woman, and she did it on her fifth attempt. She kept going back for it, and she actually accomplished this in her 60s. Now, that's, in my mind, that blows my doors, because there are days, dude, I don't know about, I know you feel this, but there are days when I'm struggling to just get out of bed in the morning. Oh, man, sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I, she has the perfect outlook on it, man. I mean, it's kind of like the light bulb phenomenon. Right. He goes, well, you know, I accomplished it when I was in my 60s. Well, I was working on it. My whole my, life. Right, 30s, 40s, and, and 50s, and each time I'd go further. So it was, I had to wait till I was 60 to do the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and everything else was just, her outlook is just training for the the one I wanted to show everybody. God put this in me that or that I was going to be in my 60s when I did it. Well, I mean, that's just her path. Yeah. And that's what you got to realize. If you're listening right now, you got to realize that your path is your path. But your path is only going to have meaning and purpose behind it is if you have something that's driving you forward, that momentum. Right? And if you're the first person doing something... <laughs> I mean, it's not already paid for you, right? I mean, if we're breaking it down like that, which I love because which we I mean, just found, we just heard from Matt Best, Matt Best with yeah. One T, and Nick Palmasano with Range Fifteen, the movie. Right. I mean, she she not only walked down that path, she she paved it herself. So people who follow her, that's the beauty about what she did. I mean, and what you're going to learn here is how she did it and to accomplish it. And if you're going to come in after, man, you can walk down the same path she did. But why don't you widen it a little bit? Yeah. Create, create, got, make, make, make it a little bit different. Right. There's got to be somebody, uh, you know, Cuba to Key West. I'm going from Cuba to Pensacola. I'm going all the way around. You know, something crazy like that. Right, or right. doing a, a swim run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, then I'm going to run from my, you know, Key West to Miami. Right, right. So that. who's up? <laughs> who's up? 
So to, to, to start out with our historical movement, we're, we're on that kind of pathfinder mentality. And so the, the person that we came up with, and, and this cat, I mean, I love him just because he's a Navy man for sure. But this cat was somebody that, you know, our our, our executive producer out there, what, what's his name going to be? Control today? Control. Yeah, control. We'll, we'll call him Control yeah. on this episode. But, you know, he, he came up with this guy and he said, hey, Gents, check this cat out. I mean, he's the real deal. So we took one look at Robert Edwin Perry Sr., the explorer who basically found the geographic North Pole, right? The geographic now, now right now, dudes, people are listening. They're like, oh, that's no big deal. I mean, what's the big deal on that? This was back in the early nineteen. Yeah, you're the first. You're the one. first. Yeah. He was the it's first a big guy. Deal. And and what makes him so unique, right? And and you're like, yeah, okay, I'm starting to get it now. I'm 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 tracking it just a little bit. But what makes it so unique, folks, is that he attempted this thing three times. I mean, and this was not in the modern era where you had, you know, your North Face parka, you had your Garmin. Fortress. That's what I have right now. Like, there's no technology. I mean, right now, you're like, it's, it's hard to think past because of, you're in your technology. You're in your world, right? I mean, no big deal. North Pole, I know where that's at. Uh, jump on a United plane and we'll roll up there. Kind We're of good. I'll have yeah. my, my I mean, no tech, yeah. no, no nothing. I'll have gonna, my feet warmers. Right. Old school. And, and the beauty about him, and like we were talking about with the, some of the past interviews, is the mentality the explorer mentality the adventure mentality especially back then when it was i mean nowadays pretty much if you're going to go on an adventure and explore you, you know, somebody's probably been there and you got an idea of what you're getting yourself into well there's two left places left right the deepest parts of the ocean right. and the infinites of space right but what yeah, what, what i love about in terms of exploration when you make that point it's really the exploration of your own soul it's the exploration of digging deep inside and say, what what can I do? Where can I go? What can yeah, I find I mean, out I about myself? I don't know how it works out in that situation because it was a long time ago, but is it the further you go into the to the black mass, the further you, you're, you go in your body, right? Or is it the other way around? It's like, I know I can go this distance, even though I haven't done it yet. So, I mean, that's got to switch back and forth, right? I think it does. Uh, hey, I man, we went a little far. I can't see the, uh, I, can't, I can't see behind us, right? I mean, that's the way I think. <laughs> I mean, it's a great idea as long as I can see land in my rear view. Right, right. That first time you did the over the horizon and, and then it's gone. And San Diego disappears, right? You better hope you, you, you can point to the North Star or the moon and, or something. And, and somebody breaks out that Spydeco knife in the in your Zodiac, and you're like, put that thing away. <laughs> Something <laughs> touched the boat. <laughs> well, imagine these guys. Imagine these little these old ships, these steam vessels, and them them careening into you know his first expedition. Right, was in 1898 to 1902. Now let me repeat that. That's another thing I want people to understand. 1898. The 1902. It wasn't like 1898 to 1899. Hey, dude, let's just zip on out there and find the North Pole. So you're actually talking about, and this is no secret about me and the SEAL teams either. I, I mean, it was in my high school graduation phrase. What are you afraid of? Uh, a shark. Eaten by a shark. That was my big deal. <laughs> they had sea monsters back in those days, okay? All right. Every time we would get in the water... Every time, man, that's all I could think about was a man in the gray suit or something <laughs> getting a hold of me, man. My, my swim buddy would hit me with his fin or I mean, especially at night, bro. You know, 
I hated it. There Remember is the no sea darker pe- place on the planet than under an aircraft carrier at night, right? <laughs> no darker. Weird place. stuff lives down there. <laughs> I mean, talk about a fear, dude. And I mean, how about falling over overboard back in them days, or just finally getting so crazy you want to jump off the ship? And uh, hold on, man, there may be a mermaid down here, but well, the, the Kraken is real in my mind. I'm well, a Navy man, right? So I believe in that stuff. Well, my thing. I mean, they had dudes on the ship that were waiting for the Kraken to swallow them up, right? The, the folklore was still awesome. alive. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. Crazy back then. And, and now you're going into these deep, dark waters. It's freezing cold out. I mean, you're eating the same stuff. You're probably sick as as, as all heck. And you're, But you know what? It's this, this crazy dude that's like, oh. we're going to go further. Man, that's we're going to go further. Master and Commander, when the boat's frozen, that dude's using the, the bathroom up there on the bow? Yeah. I mean. Epic. Man, epic, epic. People get freaked out sitting on a cold toilet seat. You know what I mean? You can hear people go, oh, God, man, that was cold. Right? Am I I way off base here? No, you're spot on. I I just see things from how bad they can suck. And the crazy thing is the dudes got off the boat. He's like, like, they came to that stop and they looked at each other and they're like, all right, now we got to get off the boat. And I yeah, leave the I, one thing we, that we know works. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Floats. And we're gonna start trudging across this this great land. And 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 imagine trying to navigate in whiteouts. And imagine trying to navigate in a place. You know, I mean, I, I'll tell you what. I, I used to teach navigation. My favorite was when you know kids would come in, and I'd say, "All right, orient your map." And they didn't know where they were. And you know, we had you know. We had definitive places that you could, you know, mountaintops and all that. These dudes are in a whiteout, all right? And they're out there just trudging forth, trying to figure out, all right, where's the North Pole? Right. And, 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 and if I'm not mistaken, Marcus, there was no flag out there. It's not a pole, <laughs> right? I, I mean, I would think about that, too. And, and ultimately, you know, people who, who talk about aliens, and I mean, try being an explorer back in the day and going in somewhere and seeing a polar bear or something crazy for the first time. You want to go up there and feed old Junior? You know what I'm talking about? See how this, this goes down. Because them suckers can move out, all right? <laughs> A blizzard looking up and be like, man, I don't know. That's some dude, a big old furry coat. Let's go see what, what's yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, see yeah, if he yeah, knows yeah. where the North Pole is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the stuff I think about, man. Oh, I love and it, it just adds that because when you hear like, oh, you went to the North Pole, man, let me, I, I kind of know some of the, I know a little bit about that place and, and how unforgiving it is in this day and age. Yeah, yeah. But he kept going back, man. And on that second, you know, on his second expedition, he gets even further. And he starts pushing even hard, but does he, but he, does he get the whole way? Negative. And that second explanation was from 1905 to 1906. A little bit quicker because he had done it before. He knew the deal. He had some of the things. But still, he didn't reach the end. Yeah. Now, for most folks, that'd pretty much be a full a full lifetime career of exploring, right? And yeah, you got people, especially if you got stuff falling off, people dying, getting old. <laughs> I mean, injuries. <laughs> I mean, just just the stress of being out and being looking death in the face on a daily basis, and something a little something we know about. But you know, these this guy, there was nothing saying, "Hey, you got to go do this," other than his internal drive, that purpose right. to to never quit, to be the first, and that's what kills me or inspires me so much. And you look at that final expedition in nineteen oh eight to nineteen oh nine. And the guy went out there and he pushed it and he, and he charged hard and he made it all the way out there. Right. And he got to the North pole. And, and, and what, what I love about it is that never quit attitude. He was going to do it no matter what, what kind of is, you know, it kind of got to me when I was reading through this was the fact that 
right as soon as he did this, people started saying, no, you didn't. Yeah. Nope, 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 no, you didn't. Someone else did it. How did you, how do you really prove that? How do you do all that? I mean, can you imagine that? Here you just bust your chops. You put your life on the line to try and do this. You really, you're, you're out on the edge of exploration, but people are trying to bring you down. Yeah. I mean, that happens. Sure. But hey, we're, we're talking about him. Right now, you and me on the Never Quit podcast. I look at it kind of uh, when I was re- reading about that and those little sports, like our deployments, right? Right. We, we go to the same place a couple of times and how we get there, same thing. Every time we, next, after every deployment, what happens? You know, you gear, streamline all that. The personalities that go out <laughs> with you change on every deployment. So thinking about it from like that, but take it back all the way to the gear. Just compare to that. The gear oh, we have, the, gear the transportation, all, all, uh, the way we get to where we're going, but how much fun that was going into those worlds that were foreign to us, man. We, you know, I've never been over there. I My was, favorite was I, when I got to Afghanistan the first time was driving down to the border of Pakistan by Spin Bulldog, going past there and, and driving out towards the desert of death yeah oh the names are great Mil- military great at throwing up some i mean just to, not only is it terrifying to be in war you just named it valley of death i don't think that's the name. i'm looking at the map it doesn't say that right here it says uh happy place or you know, something that translates like that be like, i mean guess what we're going to the valley it of says death. hell i mean is that real i mean is it hell that's the translation that's what Whatever means, because I'm not. It's hard enough to saddle up as it is. And call it Disneyland. I mean, bad things can happen at Disneyland, I guess. So if it it happens, something bad goes down. At least you got that going. At least you're ready for it, man. You know. Anyway, so you don't have to do this to get me spun up about going out there. All right, I'm ready on point. I'm, I already volunteered. I'm here. I got my kid on. I'm ready to go. Yeah, Why the, great, gotta, the most ironic part about the when the Jags would talk to us right. before we go out the door is they were like, "Hey, you know, if you feel like you're in, in danger, you can engage." And I was like, in my back of my head, I was like, "Well." I'm in Afghanistan, <laughs> not at home. I'm kind of uncomfortable. You know what I mean? It's already there. And if some dude's standing across me, uh, laying lead at me, you don't have to worry. I mean, I, I get it. I, I'm you know, uncomfortable. You didn't have to say that. <laughs> what we were talking about earlier, I'm like, no, no, no. I, I just, hey. The question right. is moot. You know, right. your statement is moot. All I you mean, had to say was get up. Yeah, yeah. That kind of deal. Yeah. I mean, you, you wanted to let them know how it. the watch is made. Just keep an eye on the time, damn it. Let's just... <laughs> Don't, don't, don't. I'm not the guy that needs those kind of details. <laughs> I know what my job is. Oh, that's awesome. Anyways. So, <laughs> so Ryan, I, that's why you get, I normally don't say that out loud because, I mean, it's, it's such a sideways way of looking at things, but I think it's, it's the kept me alive. You know what I mean? Literally has kept you alive. Kept me alive. Well, anyway, so Robert Perry gets out there, accomplishes North Post, went on to, you know, I mean, the guy's a pretty remarkable cat. So, you know, in in, in spirit of, of our guests, we wanted to share that great story with you to get out there, research them, you know, try and try and find the explorer in you. Yeah. And, Harrison and, is still alive. Oh, and she's the epitome of it, right? right? Diana yeah. Nyad Passed down. is the epitome of the modern explorer. And, and I, I'd be curious to know if she knows who he is. And kind of, you know, what I'm talking about even if this guy didn't motivate her to do that, the, right. the spirit of that is alive, and it's it's a human thing, right? Oh, absolutely. I'm sure. You know, I'm sure when we get her on, she's gonna she's gonna talk about something that 
you know, that's in the same ballpark. Because anytime you're you're cutting path and you're doing it for the first time, I mean, you gotta feel that sense of uh, exploration, that feel that right. sense of where you're you're really out there on the even, cutting edge. Yeah, even out there with the team is with all those crews. How you do that? But ultimately, what it's gonna fall. I mean, you're you're at the helm. You're the captain. Yep. For sure. We for wind sure. up at South Pole. That's on you. Yeah. <laughs> I was just running the ropes to the sails. You know what I'm talking about? I was just in the galley cooking. <laughs> right. It's hilarious. Melanie, I'll be driving somewhere sometimes, and she has this crazy sense of direction. Really? Like, uh, it's amazing. And I, I don't. <laughs> for whatever reason. Go figure. Yeah. I, I like to go past the same point a couple of times. Just to make sure no one's following me and all that. You know, team guy thing. That's how I explain to her why we're lost. And then sometimes she'll go, hey, where are we at? And I'm like, I don't. How would I know that? You're the navigator in the navigator seat with the phone. And, uh, Driver's driving. Right. The best thing navigator. is she's over there tinkering on her phone. And she'll, she's like, hey, read this and put it in front of my face. And I don't touch my phone yeah, yeah. when I'm driving. No, nor should you. Yeah, just not not, not on to it, man. But it, it's it's funny because she's she's so on point with that. And, and I'm and I'm not. And that's why she, what what this lady did is exceptional. Oh, I, I agree with you. I because mean, I, you know what it's like to navigate in the water when you can't see where you're going? It sucks. That's why my first few ocean swims, I, I swear to God, I was about ready to just literally clip into my swim buddy, right? Yeah. And just let him do it because I was like, this, I don't know where I am at. I'm at. Yeah, we, we crawled out of there kind of late the first couple times. And, and, and the guy was like, oh, you know, I think my swim kind of looked like an S. <laughs> I like, well, my... Mine look like a zero, uh, an O, a Q, Q sometimes. <laughs> I put a little, I just I went could, off. I could touch the bottom once. You're not supposed to be able to do that, I'm pretty sure. That, that's not a straight line, because it was deep the whole way. I I, I got that part. <laughs> I, oh, your first open ocean swim, man. You got, oh, it's, it's like brutal. This. So, in, in, in spirit of, of great explorers out there, that's why we really wanted to bring on Diana Nyad. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here she comes. the Team Never Quit podcast with what's got to be, Marcus, in my opinion, one of the coolest guests we will ever had, Diana Nyad. I mean, she is a woman that uh, she transformed the whole concept around ultra marathon swimming in ways you can't even imagine. So to have you on, Diana, is such a pleasure. Welcome to our show. David, Marcus, um, you know, right before the show started, just so people know, we sort of got into a chat about the word honor. And, you know, it could be that every person who stands up to speak these days, I don't care, and I'm respectful, whether it be a Rotary Club lunch or a 5,000-person dinner, everybody starts with, it's an honor to be here tonight. And when I listen and, you know, and read about what you two guys have done, what the Navy SEALs do every day for our country, um, that is an honor for me to speak to you. And I, I'm really careful about that word honor. I just don't throw it around. And I know the two of you don't, but let me tell you something. It's an honor to be in the virtual room with you today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That fires me up. Absolutely, same. All right, so what we always like to do, Diana, when we get started, is we like to give just a mad minute to our guests, and and just to get your brain functioning, get us getting going. Here's some of your comments, and then we're uh, then we're off to the races. Are are you are you ready? Ready. All right, here you go. First (laughs) thing pops in your mind. All right, where'd you grow up? New York, Paris, and Florida. 
If you had to watch a movie twice, what would it be? Ordinary people. Love I think it. I've seen it 10 times. Nice. Most perfect movie for me. Nice. All right. Uh, if you had to fight one, Sylvester Stallone or Arnold Schwarzenegger? I guess Arnold. So Sylvester is tough. He's proven. <laughs> Arnold just, just acts it. Sylvester does it. Okay. All right. Uh, something you're afraid of? Um, time running out. Amen. Not doing the yeah. right, not doing enough or the right things with the little time we've Great got. Great answer. I'm writing that down. I'm, I'm taking that one from you if you don't mind. All right. And... <laughs> All right, uh, use these three words in a sentence. Pluto, Michael Phelps, and scissors. Pluto was demeaned in being demoted from a planet. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Poor, poor Pluto. I still I still put Pluto in the stratosphere of planets as yes, far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. Michael Phelps, um, you know, the the after Mark Spitz, the greatest male sprint swimmer who's ever lived. I still put Spitz first. Um, what was the what was the third one? Scissors. Scissors. Well, I, you know, I guess if we were Neanderthals living way back then, we would say, "Wouldn't it be great if we had these two little pieces of metal <laughs> that had some sharp edges on them and could just slice through this bark we're trying to eat for dinner?" Awesome. awesome. When, he, when he read those out, I, I go. She can outswim Michael Phelps to Pluto using a scissor kick. That's the first thing that popped into my head. <laughs> oh, yeah. I kind of cheated and stopped down and made whole sentences out of each one. I didn't combine them. No, no, was perfect. That was, no, was perfect. No rules. No yeah. rules here. All right. All right. Beatles, Rolling Stones, or Led Zeppelin? Zeppelin. Ice. Live to eat or eat to live? You know, you are what you eat. <laughs> right. And I... And I and I suppose I think about this all the time. All of us, that's what we look forward to all day long. You know, is what what are we gonna eat next? Absolutely, absolutely. While while you're eating. While you're eating, it's like, oh wait, what do we do for dinner? <laughs> and and this, this is a guy who'll eat like ten times in one day. It's I know, I, I'm after it all the time. No doubt. You know, there's a there's a little uh, health food store in my neighborhood. And um, I'm not a, you know, a, a total freak about nutrition, but I, you know, I try to be careful what's going to my body. But I used to go in there like for eight years, there was an English guy named John and he was very knowledgeable. I learned a lot about a antioxidants and probiotics and whatnot. So one day I go in to pick up a little something. He's not there. And there's an Indian guy in there. He's got a turban and he's really nice. And he says to me, oh, I bought the place. John's not here anymore. And I said, where'd he go? He said, well, his dad died. He moved back to England. I said, I never got a chance to thank him for all the things I learned from him. And um, he said, well, I'll get you an address. Next time you come in, I'll get an email or address or something for you. So I said, okay. So I go to buy my little like bottle of vitamin E. I put it on the counter. This guy grabs it and he goes under the counter in the back like this to get a, a bag to put it in. And he comes up and he says, you know, it is not just the vitamins. You must be careful what you are eating. This is very important what you are eating. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, yeah, you, you know, you are what you eat. And he said, what did you say? <laughs> I said, well, you know, surely you own a vitamin store. Surely you know that expression. You are what you eat. He said, no, that is brilliant. I'm going to put it in the front window. <laughs> I said, just don't put my name on it because <laughs> for a while. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Well, that's a bad minute right there. I mean, that story in itself. All right. So our, we, you know, the whole show is, is, is all around that never quit story. And, and obviously Diana, you, you know, that better than most, you know, 99.99% of people on this planet. 
And so what I want to do is, in, in all the amazing feats you have, which one really stands out and resonates at the top? Which is the ultimate never quit story that you have? Well, you know, it, it has to be Cuba. Cuba is the Mount Everest of the Earth's oceans. And let me say something right off the bat, and that is that I never, in the world of sports and adventure, and, and it can be life or death out there, it can. It goes to that point. It's a vast, epic wilderness, that particular stretch, 100 miles plus between Cuba and Florida. But I'm very careful never to compare what I did or what other athletes and adventurers do compared to you guys in the military. That is truly life on the line. It's, it's not the same sort of, of spirit commitment that you guys have done. So let me just, let me lay that out there right away. You're nice. But in terms of, in terms of my world, of the world of ocean swimming and my world of living a life, of, of uh, trying to touch every fiber of potential, every drop of courage I have, Cuba was the Mount Everest. I mean, this is Mother Nature raging on steroids. There is a, most, most swimmers who have tried it, and people have been trying since 1950, wow. good, young swimmers. I started when I was 28. And I tried and tried and tried five times, almost died, should have died from the box jellyfish, 2011. And I made it when I was 64. <laughs> this was a long-term dream. And believe me, everybody on my team constantly was saying, have you, have you looked at Guam? It's beautiful this time of year. <laughs> Warm water. <laughs> Yeah, how about the Gulf of Thailand? That's a that's an honorable swim. I'd say it's got to be Cuba. Cuba's in my soul. I'm going to do that swim. I don't care how many times I fail at it. What did Teddy Roosevelt said? You know, it's a, it, it. If you don't have the courage to fail, you're never going to succeed. And so, to me, it was about the journey. It was about much more. The ride. About it's about the ride. Then it was about making it. It, what's what's so funny? The when, journey, not the destination. And, right? and we were just talking yeah. about this yesterday. When you when you look at buds and you look at that beatdown that we get, and we spend a little bit of time in the water, you know, in, unless you have that swollen feeling, your face is a mess, and your you know your skin feels like it's gonna fall off. You're you're freezing. You're in hypothermia. But in those moments, you look over at your teammates and you start smiling and you're like, yeah, this is awesome. Did you guys, did your team give, they must have given you, like I saw a little footage, they gave you that constantly through that whole thing, huh? Yeah, you know, it is a team. You know, it looks, it looks lonely, right? It looks solitary. When if you're, if you're out there following us across, or let's say you were, you know, in a drone or a helicopter up, up above, there's only one swimmer. There's only one pair of arms going right arm, left arm, right arm, left arm, hundreds of thousands of times. But that medical team, that navigation team, that shark team, though, you know, where, where, how am I going to thank those guys? They put my life ahead of theirs, diving under me, pitch black. We use no lights. Lights attract the box jellyfish. They attract sharks. We go in dark at night and they're just swimming around with no fatal gear. They just use pieces of PVC piping, looking for the fluorescent eyes of the sharks or um, the predators. How will I ever thank those guys? You know, teams of the expedition, they're, they're, they're various and they were pros. They not only gave me, 
You know, my, 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 when I didn't have an ounce of bravery left, when Bonnie would look at me and put her hand up like this and say, have you got five strokes, not five minutes, do you have five strokes left in you? Because I think you do. And if you don't, I'll believe you. We're going to wrap you up. We're never coming back. But I want to see you dig down and give me five That's strokes. Awesome. You can always do five, right? That's you, you know, I can do five. You take five little feeble strokes and you look up and she's got her hand like this. Five more. By the time you've taken 100, you're back. Right, and your sure strength yeah. is back. And the sun's coming up and hope is alive again. So they would give to me and I would give to them. They would watch. There was one kayaker who finished his shift. His shoulders were pretty burned out. You know, they're not going fast, but they've got to continue. Right, continue they're going yeah, for 53 right. hours. When he would go back to his boat and take a little quick shower, get something to eat, went down in his bunk, he told me that he was looking out the porthole, and all he saw dead of night was this red light toggling back like this, back and forth. It was my light on my cap, and he said, my God, if she can do that, I can do anything. I can do anything in this world. So um, it was a it was a tight team, you know, both ways. Sure. If you, I mean, you got somebody going through. He's going through his own challenge right there. And if you rotate your head in that swim, look over and see this guy. Just he ain't leaving me. I ain't gonna leave him. I'm not stopping. It's the fuel. It gets in your heart, right? Because you're you're in this 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 monumental conquest to 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 really you know, go into a place that everybody else is, is scared to do. And you're in that space and you're, you know, you feel every, you know, sinew and your muscle tissue, your brain, that negative speak is pounding you. But then you're like, you're right. You look over, you, you check your body's eyes or you look at your, you know, your, your partner, you look at whomever, man. And it's that you're filled with that never quit mindset. And that's, it's a gift. It's really a gift. Our, our job descriptions might have been different, like you were talking about earlier, but the outcome is the same. And, and what we like to do, because in, in our business, we train the hard way to, to do it the easy way. And so if you get hit on the easy way, you've obviously, you're ready for what comes at you. And we like to see inside what you were just talking about. You made a great point because everybody looks down from the helo and they see you putting out and, they, and, and around them. So I've even heard about, like, hey, get that guy, kayaking guy out of the way so I can see. I'm like, man, he's an integral part of that team. But what we, what we like to say, I want to know about, because in my own mind, go, going through the hard times, you know, I, when we're going through training, they always tell us not to look to the end. I'm just going to look. Some guys look to the end of the day. I looked to the end of the evolution. I was like, all right, I'm, we're training right here for an hour. This is, I'm putting everything I got into this hour because if I look too far ahead, I might get blinded by what I'm trying to accomplish. And uh, especially when we get into the water, we're in there so long that the shore becomes foreign to us. And I mean, I, it's just it's, being in the water, it turns into something else. And did you ever, I mean, was that the anticipation of, it's just like, I, I'm not looking, I'm not even thinking about getting to the end of that thing. I'm just thinking about putting that, that five strokes ahead of me. I can swim yeah, it, that. It, 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 that's it. And it's, it's one of those life lessons, isn't it? Is if you, you have a dream, okay. And it's, it's a, it's a star. It's, it's so inspiring to you that you are then going to tuck that vision away because you can't be shooting for the vision all the time. You'll never get it done. You need the focus. You need the discipline. You need the moment. You know, it's like the tennis players, the good ones say they're, they're not playing the match. They're not even playing that other guy. They're playing the fuzz on the ball. And when they're so immersed 
in all those hundreds of thousands of practice strokes they've taken, and they're they're like a cheetah on the hunt. They're tracking down that ball. They're looking at the fuzz that pretty soon, two weeks later, they're walking around with the Wimbledon trophy above their head. So the same thing here. How could I possibly get in the water off the rocks off Cuba? First of all, having no earthly idea when we're gonna get to the other side. Most of the times we went, except for one, we never got to the other side. So <laughs> the chances were the chances were slim each time, but what a fool I would be. They're, they're, we're gonna be going through jellyfish and hypothermia and hallucinations and shoulder pain and wretched seasickness and you know, a, a, just a litany of obstacles. And what a fool I would be in the first hour or the 10th hour or the 20th hour to be involved in anything but that hour. Right. So, you know, it was just focused in, what what can I do to get to the next feeding? What we you know, what can I count? What can I sing? What 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 inspiration, what Stephen Hawking magic of the universe can I bring in my eye? But I'm never, ever thinking of the other end. As a matter of fact, on our team, the only cardinal rule, we had 44 people on the boats around me in that expedition I was describing to you. Everybody's got their part, they're proud. You know, they, they, they want not only to succeed, they want to succeed with, 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 with ethics and with, and with, with determination. This is not a party scene. Nobody is drinking alcohol. Nobody's joking around. We are in it when we're out there. And I, um, you know, I, 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 I look at those people when I'm taking my little drink and I stop. You can't touch the boat, but you tread water and you take a camelback hose and you're looking around. And I'm never once thinking, oh, what is it going to be like when we reach that shore? <laughs> yeah, no. It's not reality. You know, reality it pushes is it further away. right here. How long, Diana, how long did it take you to get to that point? Because you've been at this since you were a child swimming. And and when along that path did you discover, you know what, I have a, the never quit mindset. When did that happen and where did it come from? You know, that's a really great question. And I guess, you know, psychologists and philosophers and sociologists have been debating that, you know. Oh, we talked about that. <laughs> Millions yeah, and for, millions of dollars are dumped into that, and no one has the answer. <laughs> yeah, nobody has the answer, and I, I, I don't know if you, um, if you knew the uh, University of San Diego, uh, you know, test that the the psychologist from Harvard and the guy down in San Diego did actually tested a lot of seals. Yep, I know. Yeah, um, we know, uh, yep. you know. Yeah, so it's all about you know. You know where where does will come from? Yeah, you know, did did your did your dad beat you up when you were five years old all the time? So you decided to get real tough and you were going to be the guy who never got beat up. I don't know. Of course, there things that happen to us change. You know who we are, but I truly believe it's fundamental. I think that when you talk to parents, do you guys have kids? Yeah, yes, two little kids. Okay, each so, man, yeah. so, so you know better than I do. But when you talk to parents, so you tell me because I'm not a parent, but I know lots of parents and been around a lot of kids. You can say, you know, my son, my 42 year old son, he was just like that when he was 18 months old. He had a will. He was, you know, I, 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 I couldn't talk him out of doing what he wanted to do. Or, or you could say, you see my son there, he's 50. He was just like that. He was always just kind of an easygoing, placid kid. He just, nothing bothered him. He was like a malleable little piece of putty. He would go in any, and I'm not saying either one of those is better. I'm just saying, I think that that, 
that 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 mindset and especially will I get a I get a chance to travel all over the world I'm lucky I meet women in Maasai tribes I meet you know elderly people down in the in the Amazon people have will it's not just you know the cream of the crop who wind up being army rangers and navy seals and olympic champions a lot of the of the human spirit is about will one of my great stories going through training was, you know, and, and they've been studying us for, like we said, 30 years trying to figure out who's the guy that makes it. And my favorite story was I, when I was in Bud's back in, in 96, there, the guy on the left of me has a master's degree from Clemson in English Lit. The guy on my right is a former gangbanger from outside Denver who both his parents were in jail for selling crystal when he was a baby, Right. And and then here I am, a college dropout. So the spectrum of dudes is is across the board. And and in my travels too, in all the places that we speak, we meet the same thing. There is you can't say that's the person. That's where it comes. I believe you're onto something when you talk about the will. Now in this process, this quest, this dream, you call it. Where did you feel the will getting stronger? Because man, in, in the documentaries I've watched on you. You can see this that last effort, that last push was really like you were almost possessed, like you had to do it. Because I mean, when you get into and just to, yeah. to kind of elaborate on that question, is you you know what I'm, what we're talking about. After you should keep doing this and doing this, and the people who push themselves, and I think every each will and each person is different. That's what makes them unique and and, and the drive they have to do that, man. But there's those times when those it's just but I've been beat down for three years. Yeah, man, and that's when you lean to your team. You're like, "Hey, bro, I'm having some. Tr- I'm, I'm getting a little weakness here. I need." And then you just look over at them and you're like, "Let's do it." <laughs> no, so I know the, bat, the the darkness comes in when you're trying to obtain that that ultimate goal, like you. When did the possession start in you? Well, let, let me ask you, Marcus. Go back to something you said a few minutes ago. It said you said something like. We train tough to make it easy. What was that phrase you that's used? Right. We learn it the hard way, so we can do it the easy way. We learn it the hard way so we can do it the easy way. So everybody looks at this 53-hour swim and says, my God, it's so extreme what you go through. Look at you when you get out on the beach. You look like Rocky after he got pummeled by the Russian guy. Um, But it starts at the beginning. It starts with resolve. When you have something that you believe in, that is going to demand your commitment, that's going to inspire you. For me, the training was always much, much tougher than the swim itself. Once you're in the swim, your adrenaline is flowing. This is what you came to the party for. I'm going to work, yeah. Right. There's nothing to stop you, stop you. But when you're out going to go, you know, go 13 hours in the beginning of the year, you're not in shape yet. And you guys know swimming, even though you're underwater more. But the shoulders, the 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 nonstop 13 hours sensory deprivation. You know, you got this tight cap over your ears. You got these fogged over goggles. You're turning your head once a minute. You don't see a thing. Every training swim we finish, all the people on my boat would say, oh, was that awesome? That pot of 50 dolphin went by. And did you see those two big turtles? And how about that French sailboat? That was sexy. I didn't right. see a thing. I'm turning my head like this. I'm in my own little world. So when I decided to do this thing, it was like lockdown. It was like, it doesn't matter if I'm going to go out 15 hours to train and it's a whipping wind day. I've been throwing up most of the day. I'm just beat. When I come into the dock, Bonnie says to me, I know you. 
It's 14 hours and 48 minutes and you wanted 15. Like, who cares? We made up the training thing. Right. Would you guys care if I did 1458 instead of 15 hours? Yeah. No. <laughs> I know. I know what the resolve is that whatever I say I'm going to do, if I'm doing a thousand burpees, I'm doing a, not 999. I'm doing a thousand burpees. And then when I get on those rocks in Cuba, I say to myself, I made the training tough so that this would be easy and it's never easy, but I mean possible. And there's no stone unturned. So when you say, when does it come in? I actually think it comes in in the beginning with the resolve, with the vision. That's that's when the heart comes in. Right. And then you chip away at it through the training. And, and to, to kind of elaborate on your perfect point is we only see, especially if someone in the public, an exceptional human, you only see kind of her, the exceptional part of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And it's like and people that they're motivated by that. And then you look behind the curtain and all those people that she works with are basically the, the wires that plug into the engine. I mean, you, and if one of those wires goes away, it kind of, the engine slows down. And it's, that's what I love about this part is you see what the madness behind it, because no one knows what the water being in the water for more than five hours does starts to do to you. I mean, by the time you're climbing out of there, your skin is starting to separate. And I mean, you swallowed so much salt water, you're sick. Your eye, I mean, it takes that kind of strenuous output just to, to test that, that woman. That's Absolutely. that human. That woman, man, a human being putting yourself in, in those rigors and having just a little glimpse into the, what it's like to be in the water that long. You gotta, I mean, it's amazing whatever powers that, that other, I mean, everybody, in my opinion, would have it. It's just a matter of, just like she said, chipping it away and going at it, man. And just absolutely. So a, a question I got now is after, after you finish that and you have, and, and you know, that this great, amazing climactic performance, what happened in your life for the short term after that? You know, I've, I've kind of been uh, wrapped up in a tsunami since walking up on that beach. That was Labor Day, 2013. So this, you know, coming Labor Day will be three years. And um, I've just got this magical, gifted moment given to me to inspire. So I'm going around the world. I'm speaking four or five days a week all around the world to all different kinds of groups. I, I There are lots of things in this life I have no talent for at all. I do have a talent for standing on stage and telling an arc of stories. Frankly, I want to go to Broadway one day. I, really? I, I'm capable of telling a story that is riveting and you can't hear a pin drop. And then the next moment, people are laughing uproariously mm. and making it entertaining and going somewhere so that at the end, and that's what your podcast is all about, who listening to you is going to become a Navy SEAL? Not many. Who is going to swim from Cuba to Florida? Probably nobody. Oh. But Everybody wants to live a life. Everybody, right. that's why when we see Lone Survivor, when we see your story, Marcus, when we see American Sniper, I'm never going to be in the military. I'm never going to be holding an AK-47 and looking at a kid coming down the street in Afghanistan. But we understand what's under that. Like right. the 25 million people who reached out to us at the end of this swim, you know, I don't say this in ego way. I'm trying to say that it, I know, yeah, it was... No resonated. So it was like, it was the biggest, you know, number one Google search in the world for a couple of days. That wasn't That's because cool. they were so, you know, moved by someone breaking a record or setting no. a new endurance 
No, it's because they could feel for their own lives. People were crying on that beach that day when they heard those words, never, ever give up. They're thinking of themselves and their mother who has cancer or their husband who just lost his job and finances at home are are awful. They're thinking about that great American novel they always said they were going to write. They they don't want to get to the end of their lives and say, hey, I just I just I just kind of let it all go by. I didn't do much with it. They, they don't have to be world class. They just want to feel those those uh, those precepts that we're living out loud is you don't Amen. give up. Like, I'm not going to be a marathon swimmer anymore. The, the earth is four fifths water. How can I find something that w- would mean something to me that Cuba did? That was it. And And now I probably won't feel that that incredible physical duress again. You know, I won't be taken to those those depths of hallucinations again. But I do try to wake up every day and say, make this day worthwhile. And, awesome. you know, and I think that's what people are getting from your show, from your lives and from my life, too. Well, that's the greatest reason why we wanted to have you on is because we talked about this when we were saying, hey, how do we reach a bigger audience on a regular basis? And Marcus was telling You know, one of the greatest things that he gets from speaking, that I get from speaking, you know, yeah, our our life in the teams is over. But when you get that little kid or that person that's in that dark space that comes up and says, hey, man, you you know, you really helped me get through that dark space. You you feel that energy, right? It's awesome. I mean, one of the points you try to do and bringing you on, we're cut from the same cloth, all of us. And I, I mean, I heard you say, I will never have an AK in my hand. Yeah, you don't. That's, you don't have to do that. We, we covered down on that part. That's what we did for you. You motivated people. I mean, getting in that, that water and swimming shows people that this is how far you can absolutely take it. But don't get, I don't, it's important, I think, to not get blinded by, I mean, your accomplishments are great. But people, I mean, hey, even if you swim the length of your pool, get out and do something, something. because this is how far you can take it. One thing we learned and that you know really well is how far you can push the human body. I mean, I don't think, I mean, the limit is to where you go down, right? That's when you die. It, right. Yeah. And everybody's is different. And I think that's important to know that, I mean, you, you getting out there and passing that down, just, I like to say, I'm to a point where I'm almost self-deprecating. I'm like, hey, look, man, there ain't nothing real special here. It's just, I just refuse to stay down. And I, if I get something in front of me that I want, I'm going to go at it with everything I got. Because what else is yeah, there? I believe it. I believe it. You know what? I was giving a speech in Boston a couple of months ago, about 5,000 people, beautiful proscenium stage. I loved it because then I, I picture myself on Broadway one day. We'll, <laughs> we'll see if that comes to pass. But it was there was only one kid in the audience, and I had seen him. I try to make eye contact you know, with just about everybody when I'm out there. And there was a kid in the second row. He's like five years old. And I thought, he started crying about 40 minutes into this hour presentation. He started crying and people in the audience were tittering and laughing a little bit. And I, of course, thought he's just tired. He wants to go home. His mother probably didn't have any place to put him that night. So she brought him. Well, she was giving me a little contact and and, uh, body language like, no, he's connecting with you. Something is moving him. So I stopped the whole thing. I brought him up on stage with his mother. They were holding hands and he was still kind of <laughs> hyperventilating from crying. And I said, what's your name? He said, Henry. And I said, Henry, why are you crying? He said, because you showed me I can do anything I want in this world. And I, uh, the right. crowd went ballistic. 
And they stood up and gave a standing ovation. I thought, I said to the mother, okay, I need the two of you to come with me to every speech I give. You're going to be my plan. We're going to and right in 40 minutes, Henry yeah. starts crying. Yeah. But um, I guess my point is that I'm a baby boomer. I did this swim when I was 64. I'm 66 now. I don't pretend to be any age that, I, that I'm not. On the other hand, I've got a lot of vitality. i got a lot of life left to live. And people my age look to me to say, hell yeah, we're not done yet. We're not 100. But people of every age, millennials, reach out to me all the time. They want to live their lives. And um, I, you know, something you just said, Marcus, is that it's not a matter of becoming a world champion or doing something that no one ever did. It's just living a meaningful life. Amen. And it's tapping into your potential. Like you said, if you don't push yourself to some limit, you're going to sit around always with this malaise. Well, I, I think I could have done that. I, you know, I, I, I think I could have become one of those, but you know, it went to never know is depressing. Right. And that's why a lot of Americans are depressed. They're I, not out there pushing in some direction, you know, that's, I mean, you're per perfect. Exactly what you said. I think success comes in every form and even climbing the ladder, you're being successful. I mean, and you can always have more. We were talking about that. I mean, I set a goal for myself a long time ago, hit it, and then spent the rest of the time enjoying it. And I was wondering when we first uh, started talking if you were an author or a storyteller, because there's a huge difference. And you're a storyteller. My, my granddad always said, if you can tell a story, you can rule the world. <laughs> so the fact that you accomplished everything that you did and then had the means to get out and, and tell it, because we were talking about that too. I mean, we could go through the same thing and I'd say, you know, I swam from Cuba to Florida. But when you were like, I got in the water, man, and I'm scared to death of sharks. So the whole time I was looking for sharks, and then I, I swam too fast. Just to be able to tell the story like that, that and put those awesome. details in it is is amazing. And I'm, you have a gift, and we'll we'll be in the front row, uh, crying on your on your Broadway on your Broadway, <laughs> on your Broadway <laughs> performance. And you can we'll pull us there. up too, and I'll I'll, yeah. I'll lather it on good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well I must say, you know what? I I uh, thank you, thank you for that, and I and I do believe it. I I um. My talent wasn't so much as being a, a fan. I, I am a good swimmer. I'm a, I'm a powerful and, and smooth and efficient swimmer. I did want to I ask am, you that. I, yeah, you know, but I'm not Michael Phelps, that's for sure. Well, as a matter of fact, if we wanted to get detailed about that, you know, all the great um, ultra endurance athletes, most of them in the world, the Tour de France riders, the, uh, the, the, the big alpine climbers, ultra the runners. marathon swimmers who go the, the ultra distances, we're, we're fairly compact people. You don't want to be a Michael Phelps. You don't want to be 6'6", with long extremities very far from your heart. You want to have it all pretty compact. You want to be strong compared to your body. Right. Uh, and so, you know, I'm, I'm sort of digressing a little bit, but I'm just going to say that if I were going to stand on a shore with uh, a thousand swimmers from age 15 up, I don't care, boys, girls, men, women, and we were all going to swim one mile, I probably wouldn't come in, you know, the, the top 90%. Probably most of those people would beat me. Now, what if we swim 100 miles? I would tell you to take all your money and go to the bank and bet it on me because now, <laughs> now it's a matter of up here. heart yeah. and will and spirit as well as the training and the ability to swim. So, so you're built like me. You got low gear. Yeah, I'm built for distance too. I was never a sprinter. I'm you were definitely not right, a sprinter. Throw, throw, the weight, <laughs> throw the weight on, and I'll get there. I'll make it. I love it. All right, all right. So let's just let's let's wrap up. Uh, 
you know, the, I'm the sure you gotta go. Yeah, I want to get you out there and, and hit you so you can st- keep influencing the masses. But the one thing that I think when people tune into this, and you nailed it on the head, when they tune into Team Never Quit podcast, they want some takeaways. They want a how-to. They want to understand. All right, Diana. What do I need to do to kickstart my life to go after that dream? What yeah, do you tell them? Everyone thinks there's a rule to it or something, and everyone's is different, right? How, Amen. So your little tricks that you had, the, 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 the voice that you hear, the song that you play in your head, the phrase you, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, yeah. exactly, right? This oh. is kind of, one of what, it, what it is for you. But what, do you what do you tell people? You, you know, it, it's, it's interesting because I'm sure you guys get this a lot, too. But often at the end of a speech or, you know, Facebook, or whatever, people will say to me, you know what? I do have drive. I do have a desire to live a, a large life, but I just I, I, I'm not in, I, inspired. I, I don't know what to do. I'm not I'm not going to be a musician. Uh, I'm not a writer. I just you know, they, they don't know what it is to do. And I guess, you know, my friend Bonnie is, is terrific at this. I mean, she was a world class racquetball player in her day. But more than anything, she just gets up and embraces that day, whether it's nature or taking a walk with her dog or doing something for a friend who's in need or repairing her house. She's just all alive and awake and alert every minute of every day. You know what I mean? Sometimes people mistake that they, 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 they can't live a large life unless they're chasing some nearly impossible star. But my ethic is actually an umbrella one above that extreme living. And that is just don't go to bed at night and just say, wow, kind of threw that day away. You know, and especially as you get older, you start counting the days and you just say, how could I be given uh, whatever your religious beliefs are? How could I be given the privilege to live this life, breathe this oxygen, look at these beautiful trees, look at that, that blue jewel of an ocean of a planet of ours and not embrace it and and do something with it so it doesn't have to be world class you just got to do you know what the, the next thing bonnie and i are doing and by the way if, if i haven't said it enough she she was my head handler on the swims and my best friend she became the leader of the expedition um just tough as nails but compassionate at the same time but we're gonna we're starting something called Everwalk. we're gonna give people a chance to do even if they're not navy seals or or Iron Men, they're going to be able to walk epic distances across America. We're going to go Boston to New York City, Orlando to Miami, wow. Atlanta to Washington, D.C., Chicago to Minneapolis. People can do shorter parts of it if they want, but we are going to walk the whole thing and we're going to get thousands of people to go with us. So Awesome. Not- yeah. yeah. I might have to join you on that. Huh? It's yeah. called Everwalk. Thank you. Well, where where do like if if people want to learn more about those details and 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 the programs to get started to get the walk in, where to find the shoes, how do we? And the one thing that we always talk about in all this is where do they find their partner? That swim buddy, we call them swim buddies, right? And in, in the teams, where where do they find them? Where should they go to? To, to find people of like mind to help them on that ever walk or to help them on the swim or to help them find a team. Yeah. Where, where do they go? Yeah, well, you know, we're lucky. Look at the day. Look at the life we're living these days. We're just all 
cued in to social media. Connected, I, you know, yeah. When I write, I, I don't have, a, you know, fans like Kim Kardashian. You know, <laughs> I'm not a that le- level of uh, social media. <laughs> you know, but if I if I post something on, um, you know, uh, uh, Abby Wambach was uh, stopped. The great soccer player was stopped with a DUI a month ago. And I, I wrote a little uh, my own opinion about it. And, you know, we could give her a break. It was her first mistake. She admitted to it, said never in her life will she get behind a wheel again drinking. And 500,000 people wrote in, 500,000 people. And they all had different summer mothers against drunk driving mad who've lost children yeah. to drunk drivers. And they have every reason to have their yeah. opinions. Uh, but others had other opinions. And there was this great dialogue. And, you know, as you said, if, if on everwalk.com, people, a woman writes in from Montana, let's say, and she says, you know what? I don't know how this happened to me. I was the good looking girl in high school. I was a I was a runner. Uh, and now I'm 40 pounds overweight. I haven't done a thing in 10 years. I feel like a slob. And some other woman from Alabama writes in and sees her comment and says, I'm in the same position. Let's start walking together. So they're in Montana and Alabama. They start with around the block. Then they do it. And then a month later, they're walking a mile. And then they're saying, you know what? Those Everwalk people, that Nyad, she's coming to Chicago, Minneapolis. Let's do it. Let's take our summer vacation, meet in Chicago, and let's walk that whole thing. So, uh, you know, I just think whether it's Everwalk or, you know, Facebook, but people find each other and they reach out. It's, it's, it's one of the cool aspects of modern life today in, te- in tech, the tech world. It, it, it really is. I mean, you know, what's, what I love about Marcus over here is he's like the – you know, the the reluctant hero. Right. I, I've coined this phrase out of my research from guys in the teams and stuff and 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 how they affect people with their stories or anybody in your case, similar to you is, you know, you, you do something out of passion in your heart, but then you're able to make commentary that really invokes that connection that people have with you. And it drives, like you're saying, it drives dialogue. It drives passion, compassion, unpassion, empathy, apathy, and it, and it really is a beautiful thing. Granted, yeah, there's a lot of nut jobs out there, as as, as we all know. But I, I think in in the greater context of of how we are connected and what we how we can influence, man, you put something out that comes from the heart that that has good meaning to it. That is, you know, that has a certain empathy, man, people are going to respond. They're going to get behind it. And that's what's so motivating. Yeah, it's motivating. All right. Yeah. And by the way, um, that phrase, reluctant hero, I mean, isn't isn't that what every hero winds up being? I, I can't think of a true hero who stands up pounding his chest and say, look what I did, everybody. That 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 doesn't happen. Most heroes are reluctant. They did what they did because they had to, because they. Yeah. They right. were committed to it because they wanted to out of passion. And even if no one ever knew about it, they would have done the same thing. Yeah. So I think oh. reluctant hero are, are two words that go together. <laughs> they do. They do. All right. All right. So, uh, you know, I've got one last question for you before we, we, we wrap up and, and send you on your way. And and that really is um, uh, it has to do with um, at the end of your days, when, when it's all said and done and you're pushing up Daisy somewhere, what, what, what do you want the world to remember you for just the swim for your Broadway performance where you want a Tony? What is it? What do you want people to remember you for? 
Yeah, no, David, it's it's not those, um, you know, it's not the list. It's it's not the uh, accounting, taking out the ledger and say, did she make some money? Did she get in some halls of fame? It has to do with, you know, how do you live a life? Yeah, if you lived a life when you got to the end of it that said, wow, it went by like lightning and I didn't have a chance to do all the things I wanted to do, help all the people I wanted to help, go all the places I want to go, but I got no regrets. I, I lived it so I couldn't have done any day a fingernail better. Right, and yeah. if that's what people can take away from my life and say, you know what, that's the way I'm not living the same life. I have a completely different set of vocabulary words and desires and and uh, details to my life. But that the way that Nyad lived her life, that's the way I want to live a life. No regrets. All out. Well. You can't get much better than that right there, man. Check, check, <laughs> check, check, please. Diana, we, we, we really, from, so, we are just so honored and privileged again, not to yeah. use that word lightly, to have you on. Thank you for your, in my, my world, it's all about energy. If you're bringing big energy in, then you're going to make the world a better place. And you brought that today. So I just thank you so much. For me, it's all about the, person who just gets drugged in the mud the whole time and and to, to get where they're going and that my dad always said don't let anything define you as a man i you know i was a navy seal did write some books and do it but every day is different when i get up man i love being a family man and and hanging out with my friends and i, I just love to I, i'm enamored by your commitment in the water because i i that's huge yeah i was a, part of my job in in the seal teams was at a uh, still delivery vehicle team and we we spent a lot of time in the water man and i mean i just want to talk to you about i know that you have put everything in alphabetical order uh every person you've ever met when when you graduated i mean you think of everything when you are in the water you can't, <laughs> i mean it, this is especially before headphones and, and you can listen to music it's I, I i'd love to hear that story one day but so thank here, you so much yeah here's what we'll promise you if, if we're ever in the same city at the same time uh, we're going to take you out to dinner and we're going to get into the nitty gritty of the right, pain. Right, yeah, exactly. I wish we had more time because I, that's what I love hearing about. Where are you? Texas. We're in Texas. But we Wait, go all over. Oh, you go everywhere. Well, let's do it then. Let's just uh, hook up. Where, where, just, what, 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 South Florida, right? She's in California. And, oh, California. And, yeah, but she tried. Hey, like you, I'm 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 out and about. I'm all everywhere. But let me let me um come full circle in our conversation and say that um you know I, I I I'm not trying to paint a picture like I'm some big famous person, but the truth is I I am asked for interviews all the time. It's 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 at least daily. There's an offer, and there are a lot of good people out there telling good stories and and doing good profiles. But this is the first one I've accepted in a long time because I read about both of your biographies and what you're doing and. So to come back to that word we started with, I mean it. It's been my sincere honor to speak to both of you. Yes, Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Diana. Take care. Bye, sweetie. Bye. Uh, safe travels. Safe travels. So, Marcus, I mean, that, wow. I don't know. Wow, right? What, wow is like an understatement, man, yeah. because what I do is I, you know, the whole time as we were listening to her talk, I just kept going back and back and back in my head at that, you know, what, what 96 straight hours we did in, in, in Hell Week. And I started thinking, man, when she talked about that, just little small little focus and, and 
just that one stroke and that one stroke and that one line. And, and man, it just resonated with me that it's not about the big, massive thing. It's about the one. That one moment, yeah. yeah. Getting into that with him, like, hey, man, when it's, you know, when you're at that, that middle marker and people who run marathons and just no matter what it is, it's like, oh, man, I'm halfway. <laughs> and you need to, that's how you, when you motivate yourself to say, yeah, I, I'm, I am halfway. I'm, and that halfway is not a bad, it's the glass is kind of half full. And half that's full. how you really have to do it, man. No matter what, if you're wondering where the secret is, it's that, Seals, what do we do? We don't, most people find an excuse to get out of something. We yeah. find the little excuse to stay in it. To stay in, to prolong to, I, the pain, I, I mean, right? got to where I was like, all right, I can make it to lunch or de- the chow. <laughs> Just make it to chow. Well, yeah. I, I, dude, I got so bad, man. Like I couldn't do the one, make it to chow <laughs> because I was in so much pain. It for me, it was just, I make it to the next order I'm given right? and try and fulfill that order. And that's it. And that's all I could go. Thursday hell week, there's like drop down for 50, right? It's, or, or whatever it is. And after you've done a million, and, and I mean, your, your eyelids are the ones what's going up and down <laughs> and you literally have to tell yourself, just do the eyelids and take the beating. Right? You know I mean? It's part of it. And then you're just like, I right, just, right, just keep beating me. I'll just keep going. And the beauty about that, which you don't realize when you're going through it is it doesn't matter how good we are, our job is going to suck. That's what I took from that. <laughs> the pain. The pain's always going to be the there. Pain. And no matter how hard you try, eventually, man, it's it's going to break. Every, the body's going to break down, and all you're going to have left is your mind. And that's the only reason I got through. What the, you did. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and that's what she was saying, too, right? Yeah. That's what that woman said through the whole thing was – you know, she trained so much leading up to it. You know, when she she had moved to St. Martin and was doing all those Caribbean Caribbean swims, 12, 15, 20, 30 hour swims to, to get ready for it. But it wasn't, it was literally like, all right, she knew she still had to do it. So she didn't think about the long term. It was just like, I'm just going to do it. Going to embrace that suck. Right. And we talked about that earlier. And I think it's important to, to, to bring this up and, and how you describe something. So when we're sitting here doing the interview, we're not those long distance swimmers, man. What she was describing, she had to go through in her own words from a swimmer's perspective. I mean, it's the exact same thing we have to go through. We just describe it in, in SEAL terminology. Yep. So it's not, not any different. It really, in, in anything you do, I mean, you see these exceptional athletes and what they got and they try to explain it. And some people are like, I, I could never do that. Well, yeah, you can, man. You just got to go about it a different way. Absolutely. And that's why, you know, that's why for the listeners out there, you guys paying attention, that's why we have the after action reports. So you can come in, you know, you, you tune into uh, the Team Never Quit podcast, which is tnqpodcast.com. And you'll hear the second half where Marcus and I, and sometimes we'll get the guests on to be in there with the after action. We're going to get into the nitty gritty of that, the how to in your life, how to get motivated off the couch every day, how to push through some pain in those dark spots. And that's what the after actions is all about. Right. Well, and the pain lets you know that you're making progress. People need to know that. All right. And what I can't swim from Cuba to Florida. I mean, <laughs> I'd die trying, but I can definitely swim from, from one end of my, from, from one end of a swim pool to the other. And then when I can do it once, I'll, I'll go for two until, and that's what that, that was. I mean, we're backing it up as far as you can. Yeah. That's what we did too, man. All we did was sign that paper and step over the, the quarter deck line. You know what I mean? And from there, it was a process. Put the greens <laughs> yeah, on. Man. You just got to put the greens yeah, on, man. Brace <laughs> suck because here it comes, man. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in to the, this uh, show and the, the TNQ podcast with uh, me and Marcus. 
Um, listen, if you want to know more about us, just visit the teamneverquit.com. Uh, we've got all kinds of stuff there for you to check out. We've got the, T- the Team Never Quit speakers. We've got the Team Never Quit story. We've got a lot of cool gear that you can purchase. Um, you know, don't forget to uh, also check out, the, of course, the TNQ podcast and all the different other shows that are on there. Um, and, and listen, what we really want to also hear is we want to hear your never quit story, right? Uh, I mean, we talk about it all the time, man, that everybody's got one. Now, yours might not be swimming from Cuba to, to Florida, but it might be that you overcame cancer right. or that you taught somebody who couldn't read to read. Whatever your never quit story is. And now you did it. Yeah. That's the unique part about it. Yes, everyone has one. How they got how they got to it is different. And that's the the beauty about this, man. We want to hear that little detail that you think you might be overlooking that's not important. Well, if it's it was important, important to, to us. Yeah, if it was important to you, it's important, <laughs> important to us. Important to us. Yeah. So write those in, submit them online to us. Even if you've got a friend out there, if you feel like you want to give us a testimonial on on your on your FaceTime or your webcam or whatever, send those in too. And what we're going to do if 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 they're you know we're, we're going to pick out the, the the great ones. You can post just your comments there if you want. But we're gonna we're gonna look at those really special ones, and if they're awesome, we're gonna talk about those on the air. If it's super awesome, where it like Marcus and I look at each other, we're like, "Damn, did you I gotta read see, that?" I gotta, yeah, I gotta see what's left of this. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? If if that's if that's your story, then guess what? There's a good chance that you're gonna be on the TNQ podcast with me and Marcus because we're that's what we're looking for. Remember, it's our mission. It is our mission in life. Remember, we're on a mission from God, right? right. To, to help inspire you, to light that fire in your gut, to get you through those dark times, through the pain, to embrace that pain, and to discover the never quit mindset on your own, or, to, or at least to flush it out and bring it to the surface. So I want to thank everybody in my life. I want to thank all the listeners. I want to thank all my teammates, my instructors. I want to thank my family, my friends. I want to thank I want to thank Marcus. Uh, this is such a privilege to put this podcast out there. And uh, how about you? And I close it out into every day with thanking the good Lord for giving me uh, just the ability to get up and keep going. And then I thank my wife, obviously, the boss. The boss, the boss and the admiral, yeah. Yep. Coming into my life, <laughs> changing everything, giving me my wonderful kids, my home, tractor. You know, everything. I love that woman more than life itself. Truly do. And I wouldn't be here without my the, the crew I grew up with and my teammates. So and all the other people that we've had a chance to go around and meet. You trust me, you if if we had a second to talk with each other, then I've taken something from you. I've learned from awesome. you and that, that kind of rounds everything out and gives me the ability to do what I do today. So thanks for that and uh, God bless. God bless. We're out. Never quit.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 